What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Ride Share Rodeo, presented by UberLiftDrivers.com. I'm your host, SJ, and uh, we got a lot of things to get into here tonight. I actually had to, I'm going to just start off by saying I had to push uh, a guest we had for tonight and a couple of the news pieces I'm not going to go into because this is this podcast is coming out a couple hours after I after we drop it weekly because I had to wait to get some of the information on the primary subject we're going to talk about tonight. But I want to hit on three things quick that I couldn't push out of the news filter just because um, I know a lot of people are experiencing this and I've talked to and emailed and communicated with a lot of people on social media about this. Uh, which one should we start with? So let's start with the driver background checks. So during this pandemic, I have um, yet to return to rideshare. A six-year veteran, um, and I've just been waiting for that right time. You know, I, you know, I thought that I have asthma, and I, th- I had to kind of back off. I got my son. I've, I've talked about this in pr- pr- previous episodes. However. Um, you know, the goal was that we, I think, I thought we'd be farther with COVID as, as I think we all did by now than we are. You know, we've had quite a lot of back sets and this and that and states not being on the same page and the spread and watching spikes and upticks and decreases. And it's just been crazy. And I know that I don't need to explain this to any of you because all of us are living this day today. And, uh... But I do want to I do want to get into a couple things. So during this time, even though I haven't been I haven't gone back to rideshare, and again I've done this for years, and so this is strange to me. And oddly, there's even a part of me that misses it. But the reason I haven't, uh, or during this time, I've uh, you know I've, I've been like once a month I've been logging into the apps because we all know how it goes. You need to update the, your driver apps, Lyft, Uber. You need to. Um, update any probably most gig apps, you know what I mean, and uh, and also just to log in, just to make sure, because you know when if you sometimes you can hit log in and there might be an issue, you might be missing a document, something might be dated, you might be missing, um, you know, whatever, you know, your health check or your driver's license needs to be renewed or something, then you and you can't go on the platform live. So I've been doing this, and I've yes, on the Uber side, I've been taking my picture with a mask, or even some funny ways that uh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll post on Twitter at at Uber, uh, at Uber Lyft drivers or at Rideshare Rodeo. I don't know. Maybe I'll post some of the ones I've taken because I have done some pretty crazy things. Like I did uh, three pieces of duct tape overlapped and put them over my mouth just barely, so I didn't like obviously tape my mouth up <laughs> real hard but i kind of put it on the cheeks uh over by my ears and if you can like imagine what i'm saying like a layer of duct tape and then kind of overlapped the bottom third another layer and then the bottom third so it actually looked like a big face mask and i just kind of touched it uh around my or around my temples just so that right there the duct tape was sticking but it looks like i'm duct taped and when Uber asked me for that, for the face requirement, I did that, and I was <laughs> really wasn't sure because I had tried shirts. Um, I did a, one of my snowboard socks. 
and they all worked, but I was like, this, this can't work. This is, and I, you know, it wasn't colored. It was, it was just silver duct tape. And I, I put it over my mouth and they were like, thanks for verifying, <laughs> whatever. But anyway, so I've been logging in, um, but not driving. So I log in, leave it on for a couple minutes just to make sure that I don't see any errors or anything like that. I've updated the app. I've just kept them up to date for when that time comes. But I went, I had heard about this from some other drivers and I went and I've been doing it with both platforms and seriously every maybe four weeks. So it's not even something I'm doing much. I did do it with Uber. I will say in one week, I did it like five times and that's kind of what I was talking about when I was doing all these different looks to see if it would work. But anyway, um, it's been like every four weeks or so. So I do Uber and then I do Lyft and I turn both off and I don't accept any rides. And actually I've turned off quick enough that I don't get a ping. Um, even though sometimes it's been surging, you know, so, I mean, here in Denver, that's, you know, it's been surging a decent amount, but again, I have asthma and I just, I got to wait till things settle a bit. Uh, but again, I'd heard about this from other drivers, but with Lyft, Lyft doesn't require the facial picture and Uber does, but with Lyft, I, I got a, um, you cannot go, your, your account is, it wasn't suspended. I can't remember what the term was, um, but it was, it was a term that I actually had never seen from Lyft before. And I've actually had, you know, a customer complaint where, you know, you go through that 24 hour period, especially that first time you call Lyft and you're like, what the heck? And well, this customer said, blah, blah, blah. And you got to deal with that and it can take a night or something. Then they reinstate you or whatever, but it feels like that first time it happens to you drivers. If it hasn't, it feels like you just got kicked off the platform for life, but you didn't. Um, you know, I mean, you didn't really have to screw up to do that. Uh, but and I know that that happens to all of us. I'm pretty much sure that any veteran driver will tell you that's happened to them. Um, but uh, this was something different. And it said, uh, it just said, you know, it wasn't suspended, but it was something to that nature. Uh, and so it, it was like a te temporarily suspended, maybe. And so I was like, well, what is that? And so I called Lyft. And they said that was going to be my background check. And I said, well, I've been a Lyft driver for six, five years now. I've been doing Uber for six. I've been doing Lyft for five. I said, I've been doing Lyft for five years now. I said, you guys did my background check when I got hired on. And I know sometimes you guys occasionally conduct them, but I've never had a any kind of hiccup even in the system. Like whenever I've, if you guys are doing background checks on me, I never ever saw a warning or it'll take some time. You know, it's just always been in the background. Like they do it and it, you know, the initial one when you get hired on, yeah, that one I've, I've known a lot of drivers that might take a little bit when you first get signed on up with the platform it might take a few days for them to get everything with the background check and everything. So it's not like, you know, you, you can sign up and be driving in an hour. Although I have heard of some pretty crazy stories on the flip time too, but for the most part, most drivers and, and especially in specific States, you do have to wait a few days while they do the background check. So anyway, that's what the person at Lyft told me. They told me that my account was going through a background check. And I said, well, I said, you know, I had the initial one and 
I know that you conduct them periodically. I don't really know how that works. And she said that they conduct them yearly and that normally they just do it and leave us on the platform and do it before the last year's expires. So let's say that mine would expire on my birthday in May, um, that they would go like four or five days before that expire and submit another background check that usually would take a day or two and therefore it was done and I never even felt it. So they never, there was never even one minute I was off the platform because it was done behind the scenes before it expired, which makes sense. But I've heard about this with a lot of drivers and almost every state because of the coronavirus, um, all the courts are, have been shut down. They've got other, um, and, and, and places that are processing this stuff are, have been kind of on a very long wait list with different states. And different states are a wait list of different times. So I'm glad I did that. And to any of you drivers who are not driving right now as well, but are planning on going back, you probably want to be logging in if you're not, because it, it'll probably happen to you as well, because I've heard about more and more and more of this happening with... So you might want to log into Uber. I haven't heard about anybody it happening with Uber, but with Lyft a lot. So, and I, you know, I've drove, I drove Uber, then I drove Lyft primarily for years. Then I drove Uber only for the last couple of years because Lyft got so bad. But anyway, I want to keep my account active. So to the rest of you drivers, I would say, make sure you log into the Lyft app and, uh, and if it comes up that it's suspended, that's good. Because if you're not driving right now, it could take three to five days. Or as she told me, it could take three to four weeks. So I'm really glad I did that because, yeah, I'm not driving, so I don't need it in three days or today. But I'm really glad that three to four weeks tops that it'll be done because who knows where we'll be come September. You know, I mean, so just maybe make sure you're doing that. It's been happening to more and more drivers. And again, I had never felt it, so I didn't know. Also, what do we got? We got Uber is going to pull a lift. <laughs> and by that, I mean, Uber is going to require all drivers in all states in the United States and all provinces in Canada to complete sexual assault and misconduct training. Now, if you remember when Lyft did this, those of you who, who did it, you had to go into the Lyft hub and was there another way to do it? I don't know. I went into the Lyft hub and I just kind of, you know, they said I had to do it to stay on the platform. So I did it. I went in there and I checked in and got called in pretty quickly. And a lady just had me watch a few videos and then sit and click complete every time I had done it. And when they were done... She was like, thanks, and she signed it. And it was six videos, three minutes each, I think. Maybe one was five. So it was like a 20-minute process. And it was just how to not uh, sexually assault or misconduct. <laughs> so, you know, I said to the lady, even leaving, I'll be honest with you here, I said to the lady, you know, I know that we've had some issues with drivers, but I know that there's been a ton of issues with riders. So I said... Any, all the drivers I know would never, you know, I said, but 
I know a lot of passengers who need this class <laughs> or something in this realm because some of those people, some of the, some of our passengers are just crazy, man. But anyway, it's going to be six videos. Sounds like the same type of thing. I don't know if you're going to have to go to the Uber Hub. It almost sounded like this one could be done just through the app. Like they'll know that you you can't you can't scrub it and move the timeline forward when you click play on the video. I guess. So when they do this, it'll just be you hit play, and it has to play through, or else you haven't completed it. But it almost sounded like you could just hit play and go cook, start cooking dinner. Hit play on the next one, keep cooking, play, 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 and not watch them at all. And that's kind of, you know, the worry. Why, why even roll out these stops if that's the case? Because I was convinced when the lift one happened that there might be some kind of test after it. I don't know. But anyway, Uber's going to be requiring that, so probably keep your eyes out on that. One of the big stories I was going to cover tonight, we can't, which is... Uh, PUA2, or the Pandemic Unemployment Assistance Extension Model. So, um, as you, as probably most of you know, uh, David with Autonomy.Jobs and myself uh, did a lot of research for the first PUA and helped a lot of drivers out. Um, on social media and through emails and calls and all kinds of things. And we were working with officials in multiple states, uh, news reporters in different states where systems were so old. Uh, like I remember Maryland was a big one. Maryland was a big problem. So I was able to somehow, somebody put me in touch with a news reporter there. So I reached out to that and we've done, and then I, we were able to, between David and I, we were able to reach out to news outlets in most states because we've talked with um, people or done interviews with NBC New York or whatever. So uh, there was a lot of outreach for us, on the, especially on big rideshare states. So, you know, in North Dakota, did we have that conversation? No. You know, in South Dakota, did we have it? No. Um, but, you know, the bigger states were rideshares big anyway. We had it with pretty much every everywhere. And with the smaller states, uh, most of them, we at least had it with multiple drivers or gig workers. So we got a really pretty good idea on everything, We and we really understood it. And I know here in Colorado and David in California, between us, we knew those two states in and out, and it just kind of built from there. So uh, if you already know about this, the Democrats are pushing for another $3 trillion uh, s stimulus to the CARES Heroes Act, which is what created pandemic unemployment assistance for gig workers and others. And it added $600 a week if you were unable to work due to COVID for a select number of reasons. Well, that ended at the end of July. And I'm not... Being political here, I'm just going to tell you honestly that it wasn't dealt with by both sides, the Democrats and the Republicans, are pointing fingers at each other that, well, you know, it's their fault, it's their fault that we're not at the table. Neither, Let's be honest here. Neither side pushed to have this done when they should have. I know that they expected by end of July that we would be past this point in the pandemic, but Come July 1st, when things were resurging and 
all this, and it was getting worse in the United States. I'm really shocked that, I mean, let's, again, let's be honest. Like, really, they didn't know that they better get to the table and start talking quick because in 20, you know, I think it ended on the 26th, actually. They made it sound like through July, but it was the 26th was the last payment, whatever that Sunday was in July. And they didn't realize that come July 1st that that should take precedence because in three, four weeks it's going to be over. Um, I know that they expected in the beginning, in March, April, when they did the CARES Heroes Act, that we would be way beyond this in the United States, like other countries, but we're not. So the House and the Senate and Republicans and Democrats could not be butting heads more. And now we have pandemic aid, too, because, let's face it, folks, we've, I mean, here in Colorado, I've had three separate stay-at-home orders on top of my asthma and a couple times what's felt like COVID. I mean, <laughs> I've, had, I've had a rough road a couple of times, breathing, everything. And, you know, I've actually been following things. If you follow my Twitter account, you know this, that is actually like ozone-related. It's been the worst it's ever been here in Colorado this summer. Which is weird because through most of the pandemic, uh, no cars were on the road. And it was like emissions was up through the roof. Everything was higher than it's ever been here in Colorado all summer. And yet there was less traffic and people doing less things. So I don't know where it was all coming from. But it's made it harder to breathe. It's been very hot. Uh, I've talked with some Arizona drivers. And uh, you know they told me how bad it's been there too. It's just been a brutal summer. And it's been really hard to breathe here. Again, if you don't know the Denver, Colorado area, it's it's a desert in the winter. I mean, we're not in the mountains. We're, you know, we're at the base of the mountains, and it's kind of desert, really. So, um, but anyway, with the pandemic unemployment assistance, too, they were trying to get a deal together before before the House and Senate took recess here, and they didn't, and I'm not saying who's right or wrong the Repub- the Repub- the democrats came back with another another 3 trillion dollar package the republicans came with a 1 trillion dollar package and both of those were allocated completely differently so i mean what the dems wanted to use the 3 trillion for was to go to help the people who were under stay at home orders and all this kind of stuff and that and the other but it was also going to a lot of other things the Republicans wanted $200 a week, not six, so to reduce it to $1 trillion to go to everybody. But they wanted the, that didn't make up the whole $1 trillion, by the way, or the whole $3 trillion for it to be 600 like it had been. So they, they, they were allocating the rest of that money to other things. So not only were they not on the same page about what people receiving pandemic unemployment assistance would receive, but they weren't on the same page about anything, and it was horrible. And, you know, it just turned into what, what we know as U.S. politics, which is crap, which is, hey, it's your fault. Hey, it's your fault. No, it's your fault. No, it's your fault. Should we talk about it? No. Forget it. I mean, and then let's go do interviews and point our fingers at them, and let's go do interviews and point our fingers at them. And we're all used to that. We're all sick of it. But this couldn't have hit at a worse time. I mean, I know a lot of people who... And I know some people who aren't, who don't think the PUA should be what it is. And, you know, how can they be making that much, you know, that might be more than what they make uh, 
when they're working. That's going to be incentive to not go back to work. Folks, let's be straight here. If for any reason you're getting pandemic unemployment assistance and you don't have any means to earn, you absolutely, I mean, first of all, the big question does become, well, shouldn't we be talking about how pathetic it is that giving people $600 a week might be more than they make? I mean, that's pretty sad for a country that claims to be number one. You know, I mean, I, I would think that, I would think that, you know, if, if, if we're being told you got to stay at home, you got to wear a mask, you got to do all this, which I've been doing all of it. Most people I know have been doing all of it, but you know what? With that comes a lot of responsibility to the government because never in my lifetime has this happened. Never have I been told to stay at home. You know, I mean, it's, and, and I know what COVID's doing. I've had it firsthand with friends, um, peers. I, I know how, I know the differences it can have. Some people could have it for three days and it feels like the flu. Others have it for three months or they die. So it's such a wide range. It's almost like um, the virus, once it attaches to the host, you or the person who contacts COVID, it becomes a whole ball game of your own. It's not like there's a playbook there where it's like, okay, you got it. We got to do this, this, this. It's like to each individual case, his own, you know, who knows what's going to work. You just want to hope it doesn't get to the, to the worst points. Um, you know, I don't know. I just, with this order though, and with this order to stay home and businesses going out of business and, the. Uh, um, it was nobody's fault, but the protests that now have turned into just complete riots and ripping cities apart. Um, I mean, it's really, that has really spread COVID. Um, you know, I, I was worried during the protests that that was going to spread COVID, and I'm sure it did some. But now, the, pro the protests in the beginning seemed to be really positive and good. And then as it was transitioning into the night, here is locally for me in Denver, and as I know from many people I've spoken with around the country in almost every city, the nighttime became a different thing. It became where the riots and, you know, the looting and just stuff that, like, I know the true protesters are not proud of the night crew that has been rioting or that was rioting or whatever in your, in your nearby city. Um, I'm exactly that way. I was a supporter of every person who protested, who did it right. And so was our police department here. Um, for the most part, pretty much, and we had huge ones, but pretty much very passive and stayed back and let it happen. But it was the night stuff that got out of hand. And it's still out of hand. And, and I know that's been a big spread. But with that and stay-at-home orders and everything, you know, we and now this lapse in the PUA payment and the rent and uh, moratorium ending, that's a huge deal. Landlords can now go file to have you evicted. And, uh, and without this money that you've been counting on to stay at home and school's not starting and all this kind of stuff and people out of jobs and you've lost your job, your business closed, all this stuff. Yeah. I mean, yes, our, 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 our national debt is so ridiculous. If you go to usdebtclock.org, you can watch it in real time, and it's just sad to watch this. But 
to add three trillion, I know it's like, well, that's a lot of money. It is. But if you go to usdebtclock.org, to add three trillion and the reason of a pandemic emergency for the whole country, you know, we gotta figure this out. And I was very sad to see everybody go on recess, both sides. You know, I blame both sides for that. You know, the Democrats are holding firm at their $3 trillion, and, and there are reasons they're doing that. And the Republicans have submitted a couple proposals, but they, they're nowhere close to what the Democrats would really work with. And then the Republicans want to have you believe that, uh, that their proposals are at least willing to bend, and the Democrats are saying, you know, we're holding at $3 trillion. But really, if a real proposal was made... They would absolutely look at it. it. You know, they're not. They're not trying to. Neither side, I think, is fully trying to hurt the people. Now, there are there are members of the House and members of Senate who probably don't care as much about people as others, and I'll leave it at that. Um, and who are holding things up, but um, for the most part, you know they understand what's going on and they know that we have to get money. And that was made clear this weekend. So this weekend, Trump made some executive orders and everybody got excited or, you know, people who thought that these would be real. Instantly, I started jumping on researching this stuff and he did not have the, he doesn't have the power to allocate funding to these scenarios. So what he did was made executive orders that can't be carried out. And on top of which, um, there's an issue with what he did that he said, you know, okay, you know, the Republicans are trying to change 600 a week to four or to 200 and the, or the Republicans, the Democrats are trying to keep it at 600. So he came out and with some other executive orders that he made about stopping rent moratoriums, um, he, he again that's fiscal he can't do that and 400 he he allocated 400 in the continuation of PUA through December 1st now the democrats were going for through January 1st the republicans had set a couple of different dates depending on what proposal you're looking at so trump came on after they went on recess and said $400 PUA will continue and then the details started coming out that really 300 is what he was saying would be allocated from federal and that each state would have to contribute $100 per person on PUA UI for that state. Now, no state is in a position right now in, a, in this pandemic and this economic uh, recession slash potential depression that we are facing Um no state has $100 per person for the PUA UI system. They just don't. I mean, you might have heard that, you know, they haven't spent all the money they were given. That might be true that some's in the bank, but it's not not allocated. I mean, that money is to go places. It's just, it's not like they're holding on to 75% of it and they're like, oh, well, yeah, we can do 100 because we, we kept 75% of the PUA. It's not how it works, guys. Um, it's all been allocated. So really, they might still be holding some, but it's already been decided what it is going to and when and where. So really, Trump was proposing 300 PUA and 100 would be done by the states. But the big problem here, guys, is that he can't do that. 
He can't do that. So we're not going to see that. So if you if you heard that from Trump and in any way you're expecting that, don't. I mean, it's not going to happen until the House and the Senate make an agreement like they did on the first CARES Heroes Act. So, and that was done very quickly too. They understood that needed to be done. What we need is them to get back at the table and for whatever number it might be, reach a conclusion, stick to it, and stick and move because already there's been a, a week, what'll be a two-week gap now, and by the time they get back from recess and start talking, and by the time that they integrate it into the UI system, those of you who are doing PUA will remember that was a nightmare. But it should be easier given that the system has been brought more up to date or at least there's a walk around for it to enter an amount and get that to the people. But it needs to be done. By the time they get back from recess and were to get it done, I mean, again, we're going to be looking at a four to five week uh, interim in which time people are going to be getting evicted. People are going to be not able, they're going to be food insufficient. They're going to be not able to pay bills. There's going to be a lot of things that start popping up right now. Um, There already was at the beginning of August, I know. And so it's only getting worse. So, you know, we need to get these people back. You know, you hear things like write your local congressman. Well, do. I mean, especially email nowadays, guys. You know, I mean, write your local congressman. You know, I mean, the more that they hear... The more and and the more copies of these emails that are kept by the senders, i.e., you, uh, the more they'll listen. Trust me. Um, they don't want to be. They don't want all their all their people coming down on them for not taking care of their people. So they are accountable, and so that's where the pushing gets done. But we need to have that get done. We need to get past that. That said, we are going to move into um, basically the big piece of the night. So, okay, we'll go through this. And uh, I've got a bunch of notes here, guys. So you're going to need to, you might hear some pages turning and stuff. And I've, I've been putting it together up until the minute I started recording here. So I'm, I'm running a few hours late on the podcast drop, but it was so that I could have the most current stuff going on. We're going to talk about AB5. Proposition 22, and what all has been going on, because a lot of things started getting clarified end of last week and beginning of this week that uh, are more than the ball in motion. So, as we all know, AB5 went in, uh, was passed in September, I think, of last year, and went into effect January 1st of this year. Stating that if a, if an independent contractor cannot pass the ABC test, and we'll talk about all this here in a minute, cannot pass the ABC test, then they can't be an independent contractor and they must be an employee of the company that they work for or companies. So that became law in California. Now, this week, Uber and Lyft... Or uh, this, yeah, this week on yesterday, Monday, a California judge says that Uber and Lyft must classify drivers as employees. Now they were already supposed to under the AB five law. And guys, I'm not, I'm not, I have no stake in the game here, other than I know that 
like Massachusetts and some other states, Colorado has been looked at as a state that will be watching AB5's outcome. And so it could potentially come to my state here, Colorado. But what I'm going to give you is the, is the down low, straight shot, honest information on what's going on in California. And digested at will, I, I, don't have, I don't have a foot in the game on this one. So um, I'm not taking a side. I'm just trying to give you the most current news I can on this. So Uber Lyft must classify drivers as employees. That was already passed in AB5. They were supposed to. They didn't come the start of the year. And now a judge has said they must in a preliminary injunction yesterday. The injunction was giving a, given a stay order for 10 days to allow Uber and Lyft to appeal it. So Uber is fi- filing an emergency appeal to block the ruling uh, from going into effect. You know, I mean, clearly we knew this would happen, but... Um, so, obviously we're talking about driver classification of independent contractors. Uber and Lyft driver, Uber says, Uber stating that Uber and Lyft drivers prefer flexibility as freelancers. And the labor unions of California and outside contend it deprives uh us, drivers, gig workers, of traditional benefits like um, health insurance or workers' comp or uh, a a minimum wage, a pay floor of some sorts. Backdating a little bit. In May, California Attorney General and the cities Los Angeles, San Francisco, and San Diego filed lawsuit against Uber and Lyft saying drivers were misclassified as independent contractors when they should be employees under the state's AB5 law that went into effect in January of this year. AB5 was signed into law in in September of last year and uses the ABC test to determine if someone is a contractor or an employee. Note, side note here, since AB5's passing, there have been many carve-outs for occupations from doctors, anesthesiologists, journalists, writers, uh, to interpreters, truck drivers, all the way down to the porn industry, on how and how... For them, it can mean how many, how what you can do. Like, you can't write a certain, more than a certain amount of articles for uh for a newspaper, you can't per year. You can't uh, for anesthesiologists. They were limited on how many procedures they could do per year, because the gig economy consists of them too. It's not just all of us who do Instacart, uh, rideshare, um, food delivery, and other gigs. Okay, it's it also applies to old school journalism and doctors and interpreters. And so they started doing carve outs, slowly making this bill, uh, kind of more gig as we know it oriented, meaning rideshare and 
food delivery and all that, all the kind of stuff that, uh, um, clothes wa- washing, shout out launder, I-O. <laughs> um, so the claim is the defendants, drivers who want this, who want AB5, who want to be employees of the companies they hate, <laughs> Uh, do not perform work outside the usual course of their businesses. So that's the that's the B part of the ABC test, which is the primary loophole that gig companies just can't get out of. Again, their claim is that the B part is do. It's, it's real specific. Do not perform, that you don't perform work outside of the usual course of their businesses. So really no gig can, company can pass that. So, and don't forget, this is just the, the latest legal news from California, which I'm going to, this is where it gets a little uh, crazy because it was between the May lo- lawsuit and last end of last week beginning of this week's filings that proposition 22 started coming up and we'll get to that uh but last week california uh labor uh commission filed a pair of lawsuits that uber and lyft were stealing wages from drivers by classifying them as independent contractors, not employees. So again, they were they were filing more lawsuits, the state, the Labor Commission, against Uber and Lyft for not following AB5 when they're already dealing with another lawsuit filed by the Attorney General of the state and, and the three cities. So it's getting really confusing because there's a bunch of lawsuits coming in for the same thing. Um, so Uber and Lyft's take on it, they say the ruling conflicts with the majority of drivers and re- will result in fewer jobs, loss of flexibility, and loss of working multi-platforms. Meaning, well, I think it's pretty clear, you know, obviously they can't afford all the taxes and everything that have gone with this in the way that it's want- in the way that it's written up. So, and they also aren't going to have, so they're going to, they're going to have to reduce the amount of drivers. They're going to have to increase the rates to pay for a lot of this, which we all wanted them to do long ago, but now it's going to be in an effective way that won't benefit drivers at the time. At least I wanted this because I was on six years ago when it was great pay. I've watched it go down and I've adjusted accordingly. Um, but there's, there will be fewer jobs there will be higher prices to the riders. Um, Uber, Uber for sure, and I think Lyft was in on this, has guaranteed that there will be a, lo- a complete loss of flexibility and there will be no more working multi-platforms. An Uber spokeswoman, I'm going to quote this here. Um, an Uber spokeswo- spokeswoman quoted, most drivers, and this is now referring to California drivers, most drivers want to be independent contractors. And we've already made changes to to the app to make sure they can under California law. Further, she also was quoted as, with over 3 million Californians out of work, 
Leaders need to focus on creating work not tr- and not trying to shut down an entire industry during an economic depression and pandemic. End quote. A Lyft spokesman also has spoken up and said Lyft, oh, and Uber will be filing um, against that injunction because they were granted the 10 days. I don't know if I mentioned that or not. I'm sorry, guys. I've got a head full full of this, but um, they're gonna. They were given ten days to appeal it, and they they will be doing so in the next couple of days. Lyft will also be doing so in the next couple of days um, to outright appeal it. Not they're arguing points. They just want it gone. Um, but a Lyft spokesman is was quoted as a spokesperson was quoted as Lyft will also be filing an appeal this week and ultimately this will be decided by California voters on November 3rd who will side with drivers. End quote. If classified as employees, Uber Lyft will have to pay minimum wage, overtime, paid rest periods, and reimbursement for cost of driving, including vehicle mileage. Now, this was done in New York, and um, as we already saw play out in New York, I don't, again, I have no hand in the game here for California, but I can speak on what we know has happened in New York, which is it took, you know, a lot of drivers who were working 50, 60 hours a week and knew how to work shifts and make 50, 60 dollars an hour. And I know some of these people, folks, so this is not a... I've talked to many of other ones too that I've met through people. So I've done a lot of research on this, but um, they knew when to work. They worked when they wanted. Now there's a cap on drivers in New York because Uber and Lyft can't afford to just have you freely on the app. So in New York, I think it's $15 an hour uh, floor pay, but then you get $12.50 for expenses, including vehicle mileage, things of that nature. Um, just a straight twelve fifty though, so that's twenty seven fifty. Now, that became uh, what they get paid. Period. They have to make twenty seven fifty an hour. Everybody hoped, oh great, well that means on my slowest hour I'll at least make that. But what has really happened, at least in New York, is that that's become all drivers get paid. Um, drivers I know who made fifty sixty bucks an hour on the weekends. No longer can do so. They make twenty seven fifty, and you know work the heck out of tips because now they have to. On top of which, they also have had to adjust to no flexibility. They have to pick blocks of time that they're driving, and there really there isn't the option to. I mean, it's not like everybody gets to work fifty sixty hours. I mean, they're taking amount of rides. For drivers, like say a driver has a certain amount of rides, and let's say it's high, and a five-star rating. So they take amount of drives and your rating in an algorithm, and they let the highest people with both of those pick first on the blocks. So, you know, you might be able to, let's say that you're in the first picking group, you might only get 30 hours at most. And by the time they're to the bottom, I know people who were working 40 uh, let's just call it 40 hours, who now have have maybe they pick up two six-hour blocks by the time that the blocks come around to them. And they're not times they want to work, but they're all that's available. 
So they are guaranteed the twenty-seven fifty, and for some drivers, I'm sure that that's that works for them. And that would be great if you could do it full time. If you were only making ten before, and now you'd be guaranteed that, and it could work. That that's great. But a lot, most all the drivers I know, we've already talked to that have said, all I've done is lose in this. You know, this has not helped me at all. Um, but again, it's a little bit different than California, so we'll see. You know, I just I just wanted to point that out because we have seen one example of something like this happening. And there are other states watching California very closely. And trust me, guys, even if, like, your state, like mine is, mine has already ventured, has looked into this. You know, they're not absolutely not ready here in Colorado, but they're watching California with a hawk's eye. And trust me, there's, or there, there's other states, but trust me, every state is watching it. Because if AB5 plays out in a way that would benefit the state, Again, we're talking about politics. They're not going to care about the people. They're going to care. It comes down to a numbers game, right? Um, we all know that, and that's what it will be based on. So, um, All these lawsuits and court rulings in California are preemptive of the November election. We know that. When the state voters will decide on Proposition 22. Um, which is an Uber-backed, Uber, Lyft, and DoorDash-backed proposition primarily. Um, I think they've raised, I've got it here somewhere, we'll get to it, but I think it's $110 million, or, uh, is it million or billion? I don't even know. Uh, I can't remember what it is, but what 110 and uh, Uber, Lyft, DoorDash have put in 30 each, and the rest has come from whatever, but um, uh, so that's 110 and well, we'll get to those numbers in a minute, but um, Uber Lyft backed the prop and DoorDash backed Proposition 22 that would override AB5 and classify drivers and gig workers as independent contractors. Basically, even though they were already supposed to be classified as employees come the new year, it never happened. So now. It's being pushed, and now Uber Lyft is having a, propo- a, a, a proposition on the ballot to say, well, let's make sure they're classified as independent contractors, going back to what they've still kept calling them. So even though it went into law and we're now in August, it's not been enforced. And Uber and Lyft has, have considered all California drivers independent contractors up till this week. So... We're, uh, so where are we at with all this? Okay, um, Proposition Twenty Two, the Proposition Twenty Two campaign, who is trying to turn overturn AB Five, filed lawsuit last Wednesday against a, attorney, the California Attorney General, alleging he drafted intentionally misleading ballot language. Okay, and and it's going to be pretty clear. Um, here, this is one thing I will weigh in on because I do think, and I, but I will say this too: I think this happens all the time with propositions. You know, um, one thing my dad taught me. Um, my dad has since passed away, but my dad taught me. He, you know, he he wasn't. He followed politics big time, but he wasn't living the politic life. I mean, he. He owned and managed bars and properties, and he, he had a, fun, a lot of fun living the life in a college town. 
So, um, but he always used to tell me with propositions, unless you've studied it, unless you know it, always check no. He goes, because by checking yes, you're, he said the language is always going to be confusing and that by checking yes, you're saying, yeah, I want that. So unless you know about it, vote no against it. So the last thing we need is what happens every election, which is muddy waters in the wording. And that's exactly what I think is going on here. And this is the one part I am going to weigh in on because I, I kind of think this is crap. Okay. So, um, cause I do think it should be up to the people. I mean, this is something that does need to be voted on and it does need to, I mean, like everything in this world, I mean, and especially in this country, we need to vote on it. Right. So California, you need to vote on this. You need to vote and see, I mean, the independent, the AB pro AB five people say, you know, everybody wants this. The anti AB five people say everybody doesn't want that. And we don't want that kind of thing. So it's, Again, it's just like the House and Senate, and then it's pointing fingers. So there does need to be a vote, and it does need to be worded correctly so that people can vote properly on it. Um, the law, Okay, so the lawsuit claimed the Attorney General's ballot... Uh, language is... False, materially misleading, and pre prejudicial, um, violating state election code requiring a true and impartial statement of the purpose of the measure. So they're claiming that that's what's going on with the wording of Prop 22. Now I'll get to what it is and, and what it was. In January, the wording of... Er, yeah, in, in, in January, the wording of Prop 22 went as this, quote, unquote. Prop 22 would read on the ballot exactly this in January. This is what it was. Changes employment, class, changes employment classification rules for app-based transportation and delivery drivers. So changes employment classification rules for app-based transportation and delivery drivers. That's pretty, I, I can go with that. That's pretty good. That's, that is right. And people could vote on that properly. That is, that says what it is. And, and then you can read the details. If you've obviously, if you've been to vote or if you vote by mail or whatever, you know how it works. You can read about the proposition then a little bit, but some people just go on what the title is. So that title would, if you didn't get it, you'd read a little bit. Now, that January title has been changed, and the, the current ballot title is Exempt App-Based app Transportation and Delivery Companies from Providing Employee Benefits to Certain Drivers. Okay. Again, I'll read it slow. Quote, unquote, the current ballot of the one I just read is Exempts App-Based Transportation and Delivery Companies from providing employee benefits to certain drivers. I don't know. I can see why Uber and Lyft want to take this on and get Proposition 22's name changed because that is confusing. Um, I did it a few times in my head when I was doing 
uh, all this research to get come up with all this stuff today, um, and, and you know that that gets a little muddy there. So, Uber and Lyft's Proposition Twenty Two are seeking to overturn the overturn of AB 5's requirements that most ICs in California become traditional shift quote unquote shift employees of their former customers. I know, folks, this is a head full, isn't it? Um, it's worth noting that California's attorney general is also being accused of drafting misleading language on a number of California ballot measures, um, primarily and especially any opposed by the state's labor unions. So um, this is not just a one-time thing. He's being accused of it in anything where the labor union is involved. So... As of now, the ballot measure will remain the second way that I just read it, the confusing way. Um, and is it here that I, I wanted to take a minute and talk about something to you guys? Uh, yeah, I, I want to take a quick minute here, and, and I just want to say, um, I know that the... Pro AB5 people are all over Twitter and other social media platforms. But I'm going to use Twitter here because it was the one of the problem that we're going to discuss. Um, they're, they're all over it wanting AB5. The anti-AB5 people are as well. Last week, things got very ugly. Um, and again, I'm not taking a hand in this game, but folks you got to be willing to talk to the people on the other side, just like we expect the House and Senate and the Dems and Republicans to be able to talk to each other. Okay? And I know it feels like everybody's always on a side and there is no talking. Well, we have to be able to talk. But one thing that can't happen happened. Um, and I'm referring to the situation and explosion on Twitter last week um, of Vina Dubal. Now, I've, I've communicated with Vina a, a handful of times, and um, most of the time we just, we really, you know, maybe we don't sit on the same side of the fence on some issues, but we have a respect for each other, absolutely, and uh, as you should with everybody. And some things, you know, we, we absolutely do see eye to eye on, but most of the time if we DM each other on, on Twitter, it's normally about our kids, really, and, and being in uh, stay-at-home orders and such, but... Um, you know, she's a good sounding board. She's very wise and she knows some of this stuff. Well, the anti-AB5, and again, I'm not saying that I'm for AB5. In fact, to be honest, here in Colorado, I like it how it is. I wouldn't want an AB5 version here in Colorado. and I, But I would need to have a hand in that game. I would need to see how that was worded and played out. It would be a different scenario. But there was an attack on Vina on Twitter, and they put her address out. And then anybody who was, I believe, in the hashtag yes on Proposal 22, um, she was blocking. But I don't know if she was blocking them because uh, they were getting aggressive with her or what, but they were getting aggressive with her, you know, and they... And they called for a post your screenshot if she's blocked you. And with that came a lot of hateful words. And I know there's trolls on, on Twitter, okay? But, folks, we got to keep this clean. I mean, I've never met Vina in person, 
but I've met her virtually a few times. And in, it doesn't even matter who the person is. You should never attack somebody for their beliefs. I mean, she has the right, and she's actually, you know, she, she went to UC, University of California, to get her law degree. So, I mean, she she's doing a job, and she believes in it. So if you don't believe in it, that's fine. But you can't put her address and then start posting that you were blocked by her. And, and the blocked by her part without posting her address, okay, maybe you could do that. But you can't add in there, like, hate terms and things. And she really took a hell hit as far as I'm concerned. Um, I, felt, I felt bad for her, you know? I, I really do. And I, I think that that was, I think that was a bit over the top. I don't think that that needs to go there. Um, I don't want to say anything more about it. I just think we all need to slow down because I, I can tell you my temper during COVID from time to time has slipped a couple times. So maybe there's even some people out there that regret some of the things they did. I don't know. But I know that that, that was taken pretty hard. You know, she, she works pretty hard at what she does. And it might not be on the same side you are, but there has to be a respect level, guys. Um, there just does. And again, I'm not... I'm not, this isn't a backing of AB5. This is a backing of people's rights. Okay. So the reason that the podcast was delayed tonight was because I was waiting to get an actual very like to the minute, uh, update, which we got, which I got about an hour or two ago, according to Barron's, I'm, I'm going back to this now. So I'm passing out of that phase. Okay. According to Barron's, uh, the state of California is down 85, or Uber and Lyft are down 85% this year in California because of COVID-19. It goes on to say, this injunction and the potential disruption and higher prices this will cause for Uber riders should solidify voter opposition to the AB5 law. Um, the article title was Why Uber and Lyft Could Shut Down Operations in California. Now, guys, I know everybody's like, they would never, they would never. Well, Uber already bought headquarters in, in Dallas now. And Uber has sent, like Google and Facebook and all that, they have sent people who work for the company, not drivers, okay, um, not the gig workers, but but employees of the company, they all have working from home until June of 2021. Now, they will be moving into the headquarters in Dallas in February of 2021. So, I don't think they will, but don't put it past them that if you push them to the point where they go, okay, all we'll do is lose forever on this, that they might shut down in California. I mean, you got Didi from China uh, over here now, who's who's also in a couple other countries and you know has done pretty well um, in Silicon Valley. You got uh, Waymo and Google, and they've tried to acquire Lyft, and there's a lot of movement in California. I mean, it could very well be that this attack could push them out of the industry at least for a while. Um, it, it really, again, here we are, and this has kind of been the theme of tonight, it really comes down to dollars and cents, guys. And I know Uber's never turned a profit, 
But that won't play a factor in this. They very well could back up and say, time out. Uh-uh. I mean, that is, that's, their, that, that's their prerogative. It's also, you know, if you drive for Uber and Lyft, you know, you're not guaranteed to be hired once they have to have employees, by the way. I mean, I, I would hope all, you, all of you know that, but just so you do know. And they will set the terms of the employment. Um, Proposition 22, support has raised $111 million. Okay, there it is. Uh, the majority of which came from Uber, Lyft, and DoorDash, who all put in $30 million. So $90 million, $90 million between them, $21 million uh, raised. The opposition to Prop 22 has raised just over 800000 of which the Transportation Workers Union of America provided 500000 So they've raised 300000 um, So let me get down to the ballot summary here. Ballot summary on Proposition 22. Here it is. So this is Uber and Lyft and DoorDash's idea of why they want you to vote yes on Proposition 22, which would overturn AB5. It, would cla it classifies drivers for ride shares and delivery companies as independent contractors, not employees, unless the company sets hours, requires acceptance of all rides and delivery requests, and restricts working for other company platforms. So if you work for Uber, Lyft, and Grubhub, or Uber, Lyft, and Postmates, or Uber, Lyft, and Launder. What up, Launder? Shout out again. Ow! Um, <laughs> uh, if you work for all three and you kind of play them, you know, I, I work for Uber and Lyft here. You know, I... I have for years. I, I you know, I, I, for a long time, I would have both on and I'd turn one off, whatever. So in this ballot summary, they're basically saying they'll, they'll let you keep the way that you run your own business as an independent contractor and they'll provide you customers, okay, through the platform as they always have. But if they have to make you employees, they're guaranteeing that it will be on set hours, so you will be given a schedule of some sorts, or at least restricted. You won't just be able to turn on, turn off at will on the platforms. You will be required to take every uh, ride or delivery that they give you. So if you're going to want this employment status with health benefits and all this and that and the other, you are going to be required to, uh, to take every one that that comes up it won't even be in uh, like it is now it won't be ding 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 and we, you won't have seconds to decide if you want that ride you will just be assigned rides and they'll take you wherever they wherever they want you to go they'll send you um and you're gonna have to pick which one you work for too i mean i just you you, you guys should know all this because this is how it is written up the 22 if it doesn't pass unless the unless part is if it doesn't pass basically um that you will be required to accept all rides you you will have some sort in some way some sort of set hours 
and you will be restricted to work for one company. So do you want to work for Uber? you want to work for Lyft? Do you want to work for Instacart, DoorDash, Postmates? Which one is it? But you got to pick. Um, I off the, Right out of the gate, I can see problems with that. Um, first of all, they're, I don't know if it's a threat. I don't want to call it a threat, but they are. I mean, it is a threat. They, they're going to limit your hours. You might say, well, I work 10 to 4. Well, not anymore. Now you work 4 a.m. to 10 a.m. You know, or that's, and if you don't want to, then you don't have to. Um, and then you're fired because now it would be a job and you'd be an employee and you'd be given a schedule. Um, independent contractors would not, this is still the ballot summary, another point. Independent contractors would not be covered by state employment laws. But instead, drivers would be entitled to other compensation, including minimum earnings, health care subsidies, and vehicle insurance, and restricts certain local regulation of drivers. So that last part is meaning that you can still be an independent contractor, work where you want, drive where you want, do what you want, come on the platform when you want, work for an hour, work for 10 hours, do what you want. Be an independent contractor. This should make sense because if you're not an independent contractor, you're an employee, you don't get that freedom. You do, you do have to either sign on or sign off with this. Um, but somehow we need to get to the bottom of what, including minimum earnings means what where is the definition to that if somebody has it hit me up on twitter at at uber lift drivers or at rideshare rodeo you can hit me at G gmail at at or uber lift drivers at gmail.com or hit the website uber drivers.com and if you have any information on what that minimum earnings is i'd really like to know the health care subsidies and vehicle insurance um the vehicle insurance, I also need some details on. The healthcare subsidies, I can get to here in a second because it's kind of a weird thing. Um, and certain regulation of drivers. Okay, so don't worry, guys. <laughs> I know this has been this is a hard one. This is a hard one for me. Okay, this is <laughs> uh, next week. We'll get back to in the swing of the groove. And but I wanted to get all this out there because it's all been happening right now. So you might have noticed Dara's Dara Uber Dara, not CNET Dara. And let's clarify that because I, I really like CNET Dara. I think she's great. I'm not a big fan of Dara with Uber. In fact, I think he's kind of an ass. Um, by the way, he had an interview with Harry yesterday. Um, I don't know if any of you caught it or not, but uh, he did on the Rideshare Guy channel. Uh, let's see. There's a, there's a few articles out about Dara's quote-unquote third way. The first time I read this, I wanted to quote-unquote title this thing straight out of crazy town. <laughs> but the more I read it, I, I get what he's saying. It's just, it's weird. So Dara's suggesting that gig workers create benefit funds that can be used by workers for things such as health insurance um, or paid time off. Uh, the amount workers oh the amount worker is allowed would be based on the amount worker 
or the amount of hours worker worked. And for under Dara's plan, Uber would have contributed $655 million to the benefit fund last year. So on last year's numbers, that's what would have had to go to the benefit fund to give you what I'm going to say as an example here. Um, okay, example. And I'm going to use my state because this was actually used in one of the examples, so I was, I was able to pull this. A driver in Colorado... Who averages who averaged 35 hours a week would be eligible for $1,350 in benefits. Um, first thing I would say before we even dissect it is, can we get that in writing, Dara? Because we all know you're not trustworthy again, Dara with Uber. Um, <laughs> uh, would we? And would we still be allowed to work multi-platforms and be able to work when, when you want, when we want? And the answer to that already we talked about, yes, that is in the actual ballot summary on Proposition 22 on California's state website. So you can find that, and I'll post it in the linear notes later this week. Um, but you can you can actually... Find that in the language that, yes, under even without this third way, the ballot summary for Prop 22 has that language in there that you, you can work for multi-platforms if you stay IC. But so 1350 in benefits, I don't know what you guys pay for health care. That would not allow me to pay for my health care and take a vacation or take time off. In fact, that would only be a portion of my health care. Um, so again, that's why it's called a subsidy. Um, we know that, but that is based on the 655 million that the benefit fund he's talking about last year would have put into last year. Drivers last year would have, who worked at least, who worked 35 hours average would be eligible for $1,350 in benefits. If you worked 45 hours, you'd be eligible for more. If you worked 25 hours, you'd be eligible for less. That was the number that I had for an example in Colorado, so that's what I'll leave it at. You guys, I know this was a mouthful, but there's a lot of information in here, and if you weren't up to date with where all this is at and what a lot of this means, I think this was very, I think hopefully this was helpful to you guys tonight because we needed to get this out. And next week, we'll move back to the format, and we'll go back to you know, all the stories and, and having some guests and we got some great guests coming up and stuff, but, um, I really needed to focus on this being about this today. So hopefully next week we will have much more insight on PUA. I was hoping to have it this week, but when everybody left for recess, I was shocked. Um, the Trump thing, we got to put that to the side and table that because we got to wait for the house and Senate to get back in session. And start talking to each other. And they need to do it. I mean, we need to take care of this country and its people. And uh, it's a tough week of news, I know. I almost, you know, I, I was trying to find a way to just go through this quick. But I figured it was better to do one episode where we really just nail into this. And I think that I put it out there in a way where if you've been confused on all this stuff, now you can understand what's going on. The the be-all, end-all will be the November ballot, though. So, Proposition 22, 
And if you live in California, when you vote in November, um, Proposition 22, if you vote no on 22, you're pro AB5. If you vote yes on 22, you are pro being independent contractor and you don't want this to change. You don't want there to be um, a minimal pay that could be the ceiling pay as well. You know, we just don't know. And, uh, and I think that I, I honestly, the only thing I want to weigh in on is that I think that they should go back to the original wording of the proposal. I think this new wording is junk. And again, I know that that's how all propositions are worded. But I think they need to go back to the first one because even it is something you need to read once or twice to really go, okay, got it. But the second way is just you need to read it like four or five times and you still might be going, what? You know, it makes it very difficult. Then you're going to have to read the whole proposition and you should anyway. But um, this isn't just rideshare and gig workers who will be voting on this. This is all of California. So we're about to see $110 million be spent on pushing Prop 22, and that should start right about now. Um, all these court cases and everything have really, uh, you know, just been a mind spin for me. So I feel like I wrap my head around this. I feel like I really understand it. If you have questions, please throw them at me. Um, but next week, I'm really hoping we have PUA information. I'm going to see if the guests I pushed, I can't get back on here. Because I was looking forward to that one. Um, I know that when I, I already said, you know, can we reschedule? Yeah, 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 no problem. So we will get them back on. I don't want to give it away because it's a fun one. Um, but th maybe I can get them on next week too because I want it to be lighter side of life type uh, podcast. So this one is straight up informational and should set everybody straight on the sides of all of this. AB5, Prop 22, what Uber and Lyft want, what you drivers want. Um, but again, it won't come down to just the hundreds of thousands of you that work in the gig economy in California or freelance writers or newspaper writers or this or that. It's going to come down to the whole state who will be voting and everybody will be voting in this one because it's, it's going to be via mail and Everybody will be voting because everybody has a position on their take on Trump, for sure. You know, some people, some people like him and want him around. Some people want him the hell out now. So um, <laughs> there, will, there will definitely, everybody will be voting, and Prop 22 will be on this. And when I put the link up in the linear notes, all the other propositions are up there, too. So maybe give them a look, too, so you're not... So you're familiar when your ballot comes in the mail or however you'll be voting. I don't know. Um, but also pass it along kind of thing, you know, make sure that, you know, uh, a driver who's in, whose second language is English and who isn't super fluent in English. See, this is where I think the wording of proposals is bullshit because excuse my language, because, you know, a lot of drivers aren't super fluent in English. And when they take already something difficult that you have to read and then twist the words around, I think that's messed up. I mean, that's. Fight for something as much as you want, but don't twist it so that it's hard to understand. You know, let the people read it clearly and vote on it based on that. With that said, 
Thank you for joining me tonight. I know this one might have given you a migraine or a headache. And for that, folks, I'm sorry. You know I love you all. <laughs> and uh, please go out there. Do good deeds for people. Don't slam people on social media, guys. Be nice. You know? And remember that some people don't have time to reply to everybody's verbal abuse. <laughs> so... Um, you know, just be good to each other, man. I know that I, I already, in my heart, I can feel that part of this is just COVID. It's just COVID and and being at home and locked up and we're just going stir crazy, man. Even if you're not home and locked up, if you're back to work and just the world right now is just a crazy, crazy place. Um, no matter where, where you sit or what party affiliation you have or if you're independent like me and you and you play it by by... Uh, merit and character on who you vote for, you know, um, instead of always being a dem or a rep, you know, but be good to people. It's, these are tough times, you know, I, and I know that, you know, if you're feeling stir crazy, you got to remember that the person you're talking to is too. Um, we're all going a little stir crazy right now. So with that, I'm out of here. I want to see all you guys back here next Tuesday. And uh, we'll get into some, some other stuff and kind of veer away from this. So have a great week, you guys. Be safe. Be great to each other. Not good. Be great to each other. With that, I'm out. Peace.